It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Summers and athletes pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. So go to bioproteintech.com and use coupon code biohacks, and it will save you $30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and enter discount code biohacks to save. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakthrough. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. We're not your fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Chris Mirabli, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thank you, Anthony. Nice to be here. I'm pumped to talk about anti-aging with you. You're you're a man who has slowed your aging by 37%. You validated it with an onslaught of the best in class biological age tests. And uh, we're going to have some fun talking about some of the most scientifically validated compounds for slowing aging, some of the cool biohacks that you're doing. We're going to cover a lot of territory, but maybe before we get into all that, you can take us back to where you were at age 16 and give us some of your backstory and kind of help the listeners understand what, what, what brought us to where we are today. Sure. Sure. Happy to. In fact, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit further than that. So when I was 12 years old, that's when I originally got interested in health. So I was inspired by men's health magazine. I picked up an issue and I, I decided that I wanted to start exercising and getting in shape and watching what I ate. And so already by the time I'm 16, I'm four years into this, this health journey and um, uh, really emphasizing this as, as kind of a cornerstone of, of, of my life. And uh, I was in New York City for a school trip when I suddenly felt dizzy and nauseous and I was listening to a speech um, and I, I told myself I'll count to 10 before I get up and ask for help from one of my teachers. And so I, I counted and I hit seven and I started to feel better at seven but I never reached eight. Next thing I knew, I woke up and I had blood all over my shirt and uh, the room was cleared out. The only people in there was security. I was, I was at the Federal Reserve Bank actually in New York. So mm. um, there's a lot of security wondering whether this was real or if I was trying to steal the gold in the basement, but it turned out it was very real. I, I had had a seizure and uh, it, it turned out it was caused by a, a larger than golf ball sized tumor uh, in my left temporal lobe, which, uh, I was transferred to NYU medical center where I eventually needed to have emergency surgery. And they, uh, they did a radio radiation resection of, of the tumor. Fortunately, I'm, I'm here to tell the story. So everything, uh, worked out, um, 
I, I like to say that half of my brain is missing. So uh, anytime I forget something or the girlfriend asks me to do something and I, I accidentally forget, I can point to that. But uh, fortunately, everything is um, is back in order and, and I'm healthy, fortunately. Wow, that's intense. So you, you had surgery to remove the tumor from your brain? Yes. Yes. In fact, I don't know if you can see it. Um, I need to get a haircut. You'll see it more when I do, but I've got a scar that goes across my head over here. Um, people have asked me if I'm in a gang, but no, I'm not. It's actually a scar, uh, from, from the resection of the tumor. Yeah. There you go. Probably gets you some street cred. And <laughs> right. when, before you did it, I mean, you were super young. I would imagine the, the Chris of today would be looking into success rates and that sort of thing with that type of surgery for that type of cancer. Um, did you do that when you were when you were twelve? And and how successful are surgeries for brain cancers like you had? Do you if you, if you even know? Yeah, fortunately, I, I did not look into that. I think it would have uh, brought me to a different place than than I was in. Uh, so, you know, I, I am a very logical thinker, um, very interested in science. And so it is something that I would normally in under, under normal circumstances, take the time to, to, uh, research and look into, but this all happened so fast. Like mm -hmm. the, the tumor was so large, they needed to do an emergency surgery. Um, the, the surgeon, the, the neurosurgeon was in the middle East doing a, a, a surgery on a, a prince in the middle East. And he was flying back to New York city, uh, that Monday, the tumor, or sorry, the, the, uh, seizure occurred on Thursday night. And then by Tuesday, uh, I was already being operated on. So it was gotcha. a very, very um, aggressive, quick um, procedure. Super fast. I'm glad that worked out. Um, kind of on this topic of, of cancer, because like we have a number of, or in the past at least, have had a number of clients in our coaching program who had cancer in the past and their big motivation was, I never want to get it again. What yes. do I need to do? How do I need to dial myself in? You know, I want to do a full forensic of, of my blood work and my routine and everything because I never want that to happen to me again. And and I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that, that you have done? And they, they could also parallel what you're doing for longevity. But what are some of the, the anti-cancer practices that you've integrated into your life to keep your immune system strong and, and uh, vibrant and stay, you know, oxygenated and keep your mitochondria performing the way they're supposed to, supposed to. I mean, I would imagine like fasting probably plays, plays a role there and, uh, and, and then ties into longevity, but maybe you could give for the people that have, have had cancer in the past and, and don't want to get it again, or the people that never want to get cancer. Like what are some of the most scientifically validated things that you've seen for, for those purposes? Yeah. Uh, great question. And, and apologies in advance. Uh, there's construction that suddenly started like right when we started to record, it hasn't been happening, but there's hammering and it's getting my dog's attention over here. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all good. Our, li our listeners will, I don't know, will be patient guys. Be understanding. <laughs> We're doing whenever, whenever possible. Yeah. All good. Uh, what, what I would say is uh, one of the, you already mentioned one of the best things that could possibly be done, which is fasting. Mm -hmm. um, so when you fast, you are turning off certain proteins that uh, are growth promoting pr proteins that many of your listeners are probably aware of, like mTOR. Mm -hmm. And so when you're eating a lot of uh, protein, you're in a constantly fed state, even carbohydrates to some degree, um, you're, you're turning on this protein, which is a growth promoting protein that leads to cellular rejuvenation, uh, new cellular growth. 
And so that's good in certain circumstances. But when it's on a, a constantly on state and you never mm -hmm. turn it off, uh, eventually you, you increase the likelihood that you're going to um, have, have a, let's just say, uh, uh, cells that have DNA damage already um, uh, occurred to them. And, and then you're, you're providing those cells with the fuel that they need to be able to grow and proliferate mm -hmm. and hence potentially turning into a cancer. When you go on a fast and you stop eating, you dial down the mTOR pathway. You don't turn it off completely, but you dial it down a lot. And then you dial up other processes that are very, um, let's just say, anti-cancer in the sense of uh, them being able to really identify these less ideal cells and uh, you know, that might have DNA mutations in them, for example, or senescent cells in which they're in like a zombie-like state, and then give the body the ability to try to remove them. Uh, same thing with proteins, not just cells, but there can be protein accumulation that blocks the ability for cells to be able to function properly, and then by extension for the tissue and the organs to be able to function properly. So those processes are things like autophagy, which mm -hmm. most people probably have heard of, at least in your audience group, uh, where it, it is uh, the body essentially digesting and uh, repurposing uh, the proteins in the cells that already exist. Um, apoptosis, where it's, it's a cell essentially committing suicide. It's sacrificing itself because it knows that it is no longer do, performing its function. Mm -hmm. um, and then other uh, proteins upregulate. Uh, so to counter the, uh, or, or I shouldn't say counter, but on, on the other end of the spectrum of mTOR would be one like AMP kinase, which a lot of people are familiar with because of its association with metformin. Uh, mm -hmm. But it is um, a metabolic process uh, in terms of uh, uh, glucose utilization, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And then did you get into any of the other protocols like did, uh, juicing, coffee enemas, apricot seeds, ozone, methylene blue, mistletoe, auto urine therapy, anything like that, or not so much? <laughs> yeah, not, not so much. Uh, I, I experimented a little bit with methylene blue. Uh, I read the research around it. I was curious about that. Uh, but yeah, most of those things I, I didn't get involved with. Uh, I, I, I was most curious about um, like what is the established science uh, and, and what are researchers investing most of their time into researching in the longevity community, right? So mm -hmm. if you, if you look at longevity research, the, the, the mindset behind it and the reason why so many people are excited about it and it's attracting so much talent is because they look at aging from the perspective of a disease, whether or not it is, is up for debate, but they look at it from the perspective of disease and that mm -hmm. when the things go wrong, that go wrong when you age, what's also known as the mechanisms of aging, uh, things like cellular senescence, mitochondrial dysfunction, uh, uh, genetic defects, and so on. Uh, it, it starts to explain why we age and then why we have much higher occurrences of disease as we get older. And that disease includes cancer, but it also extends far beyond just cancer. It extends into um, diabetes or uh, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, sarcopenia, glaucoma. I mean, the list goes on. Most chronic illnesses that we're aware of, like a gross majority of them, 
are actually age-induced. It's aging that leads to their occurrence. Uh, even something like lung cancer, it, the number one cause is not cigarette smoke. It's actually age, right? And so my perspective shifted from one where it was about avoiding a brain tumor to when I was about 30 years old. So 14 years after I went through the experience and I started to learn more about um, the science of aging. And there was a seminal paper published in the journal Cell, which uh, is called The Nine Hallmarks of Aging. Uh, that's when I started to realize it's actually more important for me to try to address aging as a process and then therefore reduce the risk of not only another brain tumor, but any other form of cancer or heart disease or Alzheimer's and so on. And that's the best way to really extend my health span and lifespan. If you cure cancer, you're only going to extend lifespan by two or three years, because if you don't get cancer, then because of aging, you're going to get something else like heart disease or Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. But if you address the causes, that is where we can really make a dent in uh, health span and lifespan. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've become fascinated with a, a lot of these drivers and mechanisms of aging, as you mentioned. And, and also, what are some of the potentially contributing root causes that don't get a lot of airtime? You know, I think that we're now living in a world where our bodies are bombarded with toxins from almost every direction. If you, if you're looking at fluoride in the tap water to the heavy metals that we can get from a whole bunch of different sources, glyphosate that's in like every grain based processed food that's, you know, that's not organic and then the plastics, but even going deeper, I was, I did um, extreme whole body hyperthermia cause I had, I've had Lyme disease twice and I went to Germany and recorded a podcast with uh, Dr. Friedrich Dows, who runs the St. George Clinic there. And he pointed me to some fascinating research about the about um, on brain autopsies in Alzheimer's patients and the staggering percentage of those autopsies that show the presence of, of Borrelia burgdorferi or the bacteria that that causes Lyme disease. And, and I asked him, I said, so what are you saying here? And he's like, I think that Alzheimer's is is largely undiagnosed Lyme disease that has gotten into the brain for any number of reasons. And so I think that like I was I was fascinated by that that paper that you mentioned on the nine hall, hallmarks of aging. I think there's a lot there. I also think we have a lot of blind spots. And I think and, and I, you know, it's it's I know I have a ton still and I'm I'm very excited at the citizen science that is taking place and allowing us to uncover some of those blind spots and say, all right, what, what role do low level chronic stealth infections play in all this? What about these toxins? How do we more efficiently assist the body's detox pathways, you know, so that we're not accumulating. If we're going to, if we're going to live longer, we got to find a way to get the junk out and, and keep everything running efficiently. Sure. These are, these are great points. So it brings up a bunch of thoughts. So first of all, when it comes to the nine hallmarks of aging, uh, these aren't set in stone as the only causes of aging. In fact, we, I, I have a company called Novos in which we formulate with uh, world-renowned scientists from Harvard and MIT and the Salk Institute who specialize in longevity. We formulate longevity-specific uh, products that are patent-pending to address these causes of aging. And we've added a 10th uh, hallmark of aging, uh, aging. It wasn't our decision exclusively. Scientists have been arguing that this is another cause of aging. And so we've kind of um, 
you know, taken that step to include it on our website as a 10th hallmark. And that is cross-linking, which uh, you might be aware of when it comes to like glycation, for example, high sugar yeah. levels can cause gl- uh, cross-linking yeah, of, of, of your cells. And so burning your food if, when, when you're cooking it, overcooking right, right. it. Exactly. But that same thing that you see on that burnt food is actually happening to your blood vessels and to your skin and to mm-hmm. organs within your body by having high, high blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's something that is also something that our body is capable of being able to break down. But as you get older, it is less and less capable of breaking it down. Also, mm-hmm. our metabolisms are that much less capable as we're getting older. So our blood sugar levels start to rise, which then lead to higher levels of glycation. And so all of these things kind of happen in sync where uh, they are age-promoting or, or disease-promoting processes that uh, are, are all contributing in lockstep to accelerating the pace at which we age. And so the question is, how can we um, try to make an impact on ideally all of them simultaneously so that they're not feeding into each other and you don't get as, as rapid of an exponential growth? Now, back to your point about things like um, like, a, like a virus or, or toxins and so on. One of the things I would mention about that is that uh, take, for example, your immune system. Your immune system gets weaker with age, and there's a number mm-hmm. of reasons for it. One is that your, your thymus gland uh, starts to shrink as you get older and eventually is practically, practically disappears. Uh, but there are things that longevity researchers have discovered uh, are capable of regenerating the thymus, which we never knew was possible before. Um, there, there are other uh, factors that influence your immune system. And like I found myself, uh, and I, I write a little bit about this, and I'll probably write more about this on my personal blog, slowmyage.com, where I talk about how I used to have uh, a poor immune system. I would get sick one to two times a year. Um, I had a lot of allergies. Uh, I couldn't be around cats or dogs. Obviously, I am now. You heard, you heard her. Uh, Mia is a rough collie like Lassie, sheds like crazy. And I have zero allergies. Um, I've never really, you really COVID. jumped into the deep end, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I went all in. Actually, I, I met a girl and it was her dog and she came with, she came with the, with the dog. So there you go. Um, but I'm in love. I'm in love. So uh, worth it. My, my point though, is that I was able to um, really uh, strengthen my immune system. And to that point about COVID, uh, I got two, um, uh, of, of the vaccine shots in May and June of last year. Uh, my, my girlfriend, who's younger than me, she got them. She got sick from them, two days sick. I felt zero symptoms. And uh, I would expect, based on my history with getting sick, I would have ex- felt something. Uh, and then she got COVID last month in June, um, a really bad case of it. She was locked up for like four or five days in, in, in my apartment I was breathing in her air all the whole time. I was kissing her before we knew she was sick, but she was infected and mm-hmm. I never got COVID and I, I tested myself and so on. Now I'm not claiming to know exactly why, but my point is that um, certain supplements have improved my immune system. And by doing that, I have been able to resist this, um, this specific um, virus, right? And mm-hmm. bringing it back home to what you were saying about Lyme disease, some people have very different reactions to Lyme disease than others. Some have mm-hmm. very, very bad reactions to Lyme disease. And yeah. some, I bet you when he does the autopsies, many of those people didn't even know that they had Lyme disease, right? And they lived yeah. a disease-free life. And so what's the difference with these people? 
It's an open question. I don't claim to have the answer, but what I, I tend to think is that when you have the, the, the ideal biology by giving your body the nutrients it needs to set yourself up for success, for homeostasis, a, a strong but not too strong immune system, so on and so forth, uh, and you address these causes of aging, you're going to maximize the chances that you're going to have minimal side effects from any sort of potential viral infection, bacterial infection, and then everything else that can potentially go wrong as, as you're aging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it is, I was talking about that the other day, how, I mean, I know at least one functional, uh, functional medicine practitioner who told me that, I mean, out of all of the Lyme tests that he ordered from a specific lab that I won't name, he said, they all came back positive. And then, um, there's, there's a lot of people walking around that have no symptoms and if you tested them, they, they would test positive for Lyme disease. You know, does that necessarily mean that they have a disease or maybe their immune system's just keeping it in check? And we live with all of these bacteria and parasites and viruses and mold and fungus. And it's only really a problem when we get run down or when things get to a state of overgrowth where our body becomes overwhelmed and it's just too many biotoxins or whatnot. Um, on the topic of the thymus, and and then we'll kind of transition into longevity stuff a little bit more. But this I, this this does I, I think longevity is very much intertwined with how well our immune system is working. Um, I, I've, I'm aware I've seen some thymic regeneration protocols that use like low dose human growth hormone. There's there's products now like the um, BioproteinTech.com. They've got. They've got a, a compound that naturally elevates IGF-1 and, and HGH using like 13 growth factors, including elk antler and protein cytokines and, and some pretty cool stuff like that. And there's a lot of people taking glandulars, including thymus glandulars from like grass-fed New Zealand cattle and that sort of thing. I'm curious, what what do you do, Chris, to keep your thymus running optimally? And, and, and yeah, for so, thymic regeneration, if you will. <laughs> right. So I, I'm not yet at the age where, where I'm particularly concerned about that. Like when I'm hitting my 60s and 70s, then it becomes a, a, a more significant issue. And I would even argue that it's probably when I hit my 60s or 70s biologically as opposed to chronologically, which is a whole mm -hmm. other topic we can explore when yeah. I should really be concerned about that. Uh, but a, a few things to note. Uh, there's a lot of uh, confusion or misunderstanding out there when it comes to hormones like testosterone or HGH or IGF-1 and so on, uh, and its impact on aging. And a lot of people erroneously believe that human growth hormone or uh, insulin-like growth factor 1 or testosterone are going to keep them younger for longer. And the, the sad truth of the matter is it actually won't. It will actually age you quicker. So you might feel younger. You might feel like you're in your prime uh, for uh, while you're taking it, but you're actually accelerating um, the aging process. Unfortunately, uh, it, it seems that the the more uh, 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 androgenic hormones um, have this effect, whereas something like estrogen, certain types of estrogen, have been found to actually extend lifespan, um, mm -hmm. which is particularly relevant for for women, um, obviously. So when it comes to the, the thymus gland uh, specifically, there have been studies done. In fact, there was one in the longevity research space where they paired up or they grouped 
uh, metformin with HGH and DHEA. And they mm-hmm. were able to show in that study that they were able to reverse uh, an epigenetic age, which we can talk about, but that's basically a, a marker for your biological age. Mm-hmm. Um, there are clocks that have been created, uh, mathematical uh, algorithms to, to be able yeah, to- Yeah, we're going to talk about those tests in a minute too. Okay, great. So, uh, so they were able to do that and, and they were able to uh, start to regenerate the thymus. Now, it's not conclusive, though, like to my point about accelerating aging, there are different perspectives on this. Like, for example, one scientific perspective is that although you might have reversed the epigenetic age, you may have done so um, by by making the thymus gland younger, but you may also be accelerating the aging of other other glands. Mm -hmm. Um, Another perspective is that you might be exhibiting a younger epigenome because you have the the hormones of a younger person. So you're kind of giving the body the impression of, from an gen- epigenetic standpoint that you are a little bit younger than you actually are. But that doesn't mean that you're actually slowing down the rate of aging. You might you know, kind of take a step back um, in terms of biological age, but at the same time, you might be accelerating the pace of aging, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So... So the, the the point is that the verdict isn't out yet. We don't know for sure exactly what happened in that study and what would happen in the long term with that. So I'm personally very cautious with it. I, I don't take hormonal substances myself. Um, I'm, I'm more focused on, on ingredients that can mimic fasting, for example, that can activate things like autophagy and AMP kinase um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, the telomerase enzymes and so on. And um, and uh, downregulate things like mTOR complex one. Uh, absolutely, and it also makes you wonder: like these things may not all be weighted equally. Where you know there there, there may be longevity benefits to HGH and, and DHEA up to a certain dose, especially if you're like extremely deficient. But then if you go over that, you know you've kind of blown through the Goldilocks effect, and now you're causing all sorts of problems and excessive free radical damage and things like that. We also don't know how much weight is put on blood sugar, right? And whether these people were dealing with blood sugar dysregulation or insulin insensitivity, and then the, the metformin alone corrected something that was like a massive problem essentially rusting them from the inside out and and the hgh and dhea were just outweighed by that we have have no idea you know but it's interesting questions and, and possible scenarios that could come up um now you have used i i very much respect this about you. You have your website, slowmyage.com, where you document a lot of the things that you've been doing and some of the results that you've been able to produce. For example, slowing your aging by 37%. And um, I mentioned that I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by the methodologies and the, the tracking and measuring that you've done because a few years ago, if you go back to like 2019, we bought a ton of, of telomere tests for guys that were in our coaching program, like 20 or 30 tests at the time. We bought them all at once. And I started getting a bunch of results back that made no sense based on the biological age of these guys and what I knew about them. And when I dug a little bit deeper and called the company, they were like, oh, yeah, well, one of the one of the inputs that we use is what they say their age is, like what they write down for their age. So they I'm like, what? <laughs> You're not, you know, just looking at telomeres here and it's all being done under under the microscope. So they just basically misread what two of the guys wrote down as their actual chronological age oh, wow. and yeah. then produced 
a completely fabricated and erroneous biological age. So obviously we never ordered that test again, and I, I don't talk about the company or anything. But there's there's a lot of nonsense in the in the biological age and anti aging realm. I'm a big fan of the Horvath clock, which is part of the reason before we started recording, I asked if if you were using that. Um, maybe you could give like our listeners if if you were to choose like the three, and I know you've you've done a lot of tests, but if there was like three that you would consider to be like best in class gold standard biological age tests. And and I know that you're not like a super expert on this and I'm not expecting you to talk about it like someone from the company, but I think you're in the top 99.9% of percentile. So what, what would you consider to be like the top three biological age tests and, and how do they work and why? Sure. So, uh, so I, I do correspond with, with a lot of the experts in the, in the field, including the scientists that, that, uh, invent these clocks. So, so I, I do know a fair amount about these clocks. Uh, so what I would say is that the number one of all of the tests that I would recommend, the number one recommendation would be called the, uh, Dunedin pace clock. Uh, this clock actually measures the pace at which you're aging or your rate of aging, as opposed to your actual biological age at this moment. Right. So the reason, first of all, I, I think it's very important is because this is kind of like the, the scale. If you're doing weight loss or weight gain, like you use a scale to see how you're progressing. This is kind of like a much more advanced version of a scale where you can track um, the impact that your intervention is making on your pace of aging. And, and it makes sense because like your pace of aging is something that can change in a shorter period of time. But mm -hmm. if you're biologically 40 years old, and this is based on 40, uh, let's just say you're chronologically also 40 years old. You've got 40 years of damage that has brought you to this point and epigenetic expression that has brought you to this point. To then be able to go from 40 and then dial back the clock to 39, 38, 37, it takes a lot more time and mm -hmm. interventions and dramatic action to be able to have that type of effect. But to go from aging one biological year per chronological year, year and to, to reduce that to 0.9, for example, maybe mm -hmm. that only takes you six months to achieve. Now, if you're aging at 0.9 years per year, it would still take 10 years for you to reduce one year biologically, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's something uh, to keep in mind. But uh, in addition to the, the value of, of having something that reacts more quickly and is, is great to be able to validate your experiments with, self-experiments, uh, it's also among the most accurate clocks out there. So this clock has been based on um, a, a cohort of people in New Zealand. I believe they were born in 1975 or something in that, in that neighborhood. Uh, and this is hundreds of people who have been tracked every year since then. And their epigenome has been, has been analyzed. And so we're able to see how their epigenome has evolved over time at different ages with different medical conditions, uh, with different health outcomes of, uh, you know, passing away from, from a cancer or, or, or not. And, um, and so the algorithms they use are tuned uh, based on this single cohort, which is really powerful. Like, I don't know of any other tool set out there that has this large of a cohort that has been so compliant for so many years that they have the epigenetic data for and mm -hmm. the researchers who have created this are out of Columbia University and Duke University. Uh, it's been a collaboration, just really, really powerful um, set set of tools that they've they've put together with this. 
So Very that, cool. that would be my, my number one recommendation. I personally, um, have, have the results of, uh, I, I'm 38 years old, but I, I had to test them when I was 37 years old. So all the numbers I give, keep that in mind, right. but uh, my results came out as, um, 0.69, um, years of biological aging per year of chronological age. In other words, uh, 31% slower aging, um, according to this specific clock. Uh, which is which is at the at the very top percentile according to the laboratory that I worked with. Um, they've also to to your point earlier about telomeres. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on telomere um, age as being a reliable marker for how old you are biologically. Though if you look at it in the context of all of your other markers, it can it can give you additional data to back up your your uh, the the results. Uh, this came back at an unbelievable number. They did not ask me my age beforehand. This is based on how many kilobases I have. And so my kilobases are 7.8 kilobases, which equates to a biological age of 7.8 years old. And I couldn't believe it when I saw this. So I emailed the laboratory and an executive got back to me and said, yeah, this is certainly erroneous. Sorry, we're going to look into it. The next day, they looked into it. They re-ran my epigenome. They ran the test three times with their, their team of scientists. And they said, we triple checked. This is 100% true. In fact, I include the email on slowmyh.com that he responded with. Um, it, 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 he said that this is an outlier. We've never seen a result this good before. So, um, so there's something I'm doing and I, I can tell you about the other results of my other tests as well, but there's something yeah. that I'm doing that is leading to, um, you know, a, a out-of-the-norm results, uh, outlier results for all of the tests that I've taken so far. Interesting. It, it also makes you wonder, like, I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, contending that you're not, you know, that your kilobases are not, you know, seven or eight years old or the equivalent. I don't know if I'm even speaking. I don't even know what a kilobase is, honestly. I was going to ask you that. What is a kilobase? <laughs> so so, um, so kilo being thousand and then bases, it's it's um, so so your telomeres are like the end caps of of your chromosomes and they protect right. the DNA. And every time that you are um, doing a, a cellular division, um, you, you are kind of shortening the, the telomeres. Right. Um, and so, so essentially 7.8 kilobases is the length of that, of that telomere. And okay. as you get older, they get shorter and shorter and shorter. The shorter they are, the higher the likelihood for certain types of cancers like gastrointestinal cancers, for example, in particular, Gotcha. Um, okay, so that had, that had nothing to do with your your biological age, but rather seven point eight is a comparatively high number uh, in terms of telomere length for someone that it, is it your is biological. To, if you age. were to if you were to look at a seven point eight year old child, or let's just say an eight year old child, to make it simple, and right. look at their telomere length, mine is equal to theirs. Gotcha. All right, now now I'm back on the same page. All right, I was like. Are we talking about telomere length? Are we talking about biological age? And um, okay, so that makes sense. And then is this a test that's available to the public? It's it's the spelling is D U N E D I N Pace test, correct? Yes. Or, or, yes. or uh, Dunedin Pace clock. Um, where could someone that's like listening check that out if they wanted to learn more? Do you have any idea? Sure, they, they can uh, well, use Google and stuff. I just did a quick yeah, search. Yeah, they, they can use I saw a lot of tests coming. Yeah, yeah well, they terms, can figure it in out. In terms of in terms of purchasing it, I, I can't say too much at this point, but I, all I'll say is to just keep an eye on NovosLabs.com. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and then other tests 
that we would consider in the top three? Sure. So, so another, um, another interesting one, uh, that, that I like is called the Fino age, uh, clock. Uh, one of the reasons why I like the Fino age clock is because, um, it is also looking at, uh, the phenotype. So essentially the, the manifestation, the outcome of, of the, of the, uh, of the, the, the genetics and, and the environments. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, in addition to the epigenome, and so this clock actually, uh, looks at a number of different, uh, blood markers. And so it, it, it's, it's combining the, uh, epigenetic results, which is fantastic, but then it's also looking at things like, um, uh, factors in your immune system, um, uh, your, your red blood cells, so on and so forth. And so the, the combination of all of these things, um, is, is particularly interesting. So it was created by Dr. Uh, Morgan Levine, who, you know, some of your listeners might be familiar with that they follow like, uh, uh, people like Dr. David Sinclair or Dr. Peter Atia or Dr. Or Rhonda Patrick. I think Rhonda Patrick recently interviewed her, um, but some of the biomarkers beyond just the epigenome that they look at are um, liver markers like albumin and alkaline phosphatase. They look at uh, kidney markers like creatinine, uh, metabolism. They look at glucose, inflammation. They look at C-reactive protein. And for the immune system, they look at uh, lymphocytes and uh, cell volume, red cell distribution with and white blood cell count. So all of these things combined is, is a novel way to be looking at the, uh, at, at, at the uh, biological age. Very and cool. then the third one uh, that I really like is um, one called um, uh, True Age, which is produced by a company called uh, True Diagnostic. And uh, they have a, uh, a unique algorithm that they're actually using what's called PC analysis or principal component analysis which is really just a statistical method to be able to increase the, um, the reliability of, of the outcomes. And it does so by about 20-fold. So there's two ways to look at this. Either you can look at it as they could have just five test subjects, and it can be as effective as if they had had 100 test subjects in terms of the accuracy of the results. Or you can look at it as they have a, you know, um, uh, well, that, I, I guess that's the best way to look at it, is, is you can have a much larger um, effect size, um, and, and accuracy, uh, based on, based on fewer people. And, uh, so in terms of the accuracy of this, this test, I think it's, it's one of the, uh, most accurate tests out there for, uh, biological age, as opposed to pace of aging, like I said before. So for each of these two tests, the, the, uh, the pheno age, that one came back for me as 20.2 years old, uh, which is a minus 17 year, uh, difference that that implies that I'm aging at 46 percent slower aging, um, and uh, then the true age test. This is the one I focus on the most. So when I, I state on my website that I'm slow, uh, slowing my aging or or I'm aging, um, I'm only 37 percent of my chronological age. Sorry, I'm 63 percent of my chronological age. It is based on the true age piece principal component version, which. Um, is minus 13.6 years. It, it pegs me at 23.6 years old biologically, which would imply, again, 37% slower aging. Fascinating. That's awesome. Hey, guys, real quick. 
Imagine for a second, you are driving a Lambo down Pacific Coast Highway, and all of a sudden, the check engine light comes on and smoke starts billowing out from under the hood of your car. Now, in that situation, most people would pull over and then take their car to a mechanic to get it checked out and then fixed, right? Well, what if instead you decided to slam on the gas? Well, that's exactly what most busy men and women, entrepreneurs and business owners are doing every single day with stimulants like caffeine, Adderall, modafinil, even Ritalin. And what this does and why this is such a big problem is because it sets your body up for burnout, sleep issues, and much more serious health problems down the line. In fact, a recent study showed that 42% of entrepreneurs and business owners experienced feelings of burnout in the last month alone. Now, a much better approach would be to rely on some gold standard laboratory tests that identify the root causes of why your body isn't making energy the way that it's supposed to, why your brain isn't able to stay focused and productive throughout the workday, and why you are just moving slower than you could if you were fully optimized in body, mind, and spirit. I've worked with Russell Brunson, who built ClickFunnels into a billion-dollar business, two-time Olympic gold medalist Duncan Keith and three-time Stanley Cup winner, who's one of the best players in the NHL, and tons of people, including entrepreneurs like Marty, who used to need 60 milligrams of Adderall just to wake up in the morning and is now producing natural energy that, that goes from the moment his feet hit the floor in the morning and he jumps out of bed to when he finishes the workday and is playing with his kids. And I've set aside some time on my calendar to talk with men and women like you who want to get this stuff handled, who want to experience limitless all-day energy, avoid burnout, sleep incredible, and know, have the peace of mind that comes with knowing their body is fully optimized and they're performing at their ultimate potential in body, mind, and spirit. To book one of those calls, go to biohackercoaching.com, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from my team. Again, that website is biohackercoaching.com. Go there now, grab a time for us to talk and we'll get you sorted out. We'll build out a full biohacking assessment to figure out what's going on with you and that step-by-step -step game plan to bridge the gap from where you are now, get you off of stimulants, help you avoid burnout and feel more cool, calm, collected, peaceful, energized, and healthy throughout the day so that you could be there for your family, be there for your business partners, be there for the people that you love and care about and have tons of energy left over to do the things you love. So go to biohackercoaching.com, grab the time to talk with myself or someone from our team. And now back to the episode. Have you done the Horvath clock from my DNA? And, and if so, why is that? Why would you not consider that to be in your top three? Um, so, so I haven't done it specifically through them, but I, yes, I have done the Horvath clock. I've, I've done three different Horvath clocks. Um, I would, I would say that, um, from my understanding, and I'd have to look specifically for that company. I haven't dug into them, but there are different, um, versions of Horvath clocks. There are, uh, the older original ones, and then there are the newer ones. Um, clocks, uh, can vary in terms of, their uh, methodology as well as the sample sets that they use to be able to tune those clocks. And so 
the older clocks were really focused on tuning the clock according to chronological age. So they mm-hmm. were looking at looking they were looking at um, analyzing an, an epigenome and getting the results based on only knowing the epigenome as close to chronological age as possible. And then as you progress, uh, the the uh, scientists started to shift to what is ultimately more important, which is mortality risk. So uh, if you look at mortality tables and the, the likelihood of someone passing away, um, if if you are tuning the clocks to that, the likelihood of disease and, and passing away, uh, you are actually getting much more close to what someone's actual effective biological age is. And so uh, that's what some of the newer clocks do. Another difference is some of the older clocks use linear regression as their mathematical model, whereas some of the, the newer clocks are, are using um, other, other um, approaches, like, for example, elastic net regression or ridge regression or neural networks. So um, that's part of the reason why, why uh, I'm more focused on, on some of the uh, newer clocks. Fantastic. I appreciate the answer. And uh, yeah, my video obviously went out here. I had the new, the new fancy pants camera and, uh, I guess the battery is not quite as long as I thought. So apologies for the, for the video going out, but, um, we'll, we'll just keep rocking here. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the compounds that you're using for reaping some of these benefits and slowing down, slowing down the aging process for you and, and, you know, decreasing your, your biological age. What are you seeing in the scientific literature that, that excites you? And, and what are some of the things that you've chosen to, um, to take on a daily basis? Sure. Happy to tell you. So, uh, so first I'll I'll start with, from the, the perspective of, um, I like to think of supplements from the perspective of general health supplements and then you've got uh, longevity-promoting supplements. So general health supplements are the things that you would know from, like, the government's recommended daily allowance. These are things that we need to be healthy, right? You need your B vitamins. You need vitamin C. You need magnesium and zinc and copper, so on and so forth. And deficiencies in any of these things can lead to disease. So you need to, first of all, make sure you have your bases covered. Some people think that by eating a healthy diet, you have your bases covered, and I can almost guarantee you that that's not going to be the case. Like, um, it's very, very hard for you to, to get an adequate amount of everything you need, adequate magnesium, adequate potassium in the multiple grams level, adequate iodine, which a lot of health nuts aren't using iodized salt anymore. They're using sea salt, which doesn't have uh, the same iodine content, and even iodized salt, the iodine evaporates. So if it's been open for, for a few months, um, you've got much less iodine in there. And unless you're mm-hmm. eating a lot of seaweed that has been verified to be high in iodine, you're probably iodine deficient. So that's just a couple of examples. So mm-hmm. imagine with all of the, the RDAs, what are the odds that you're missing something pretty high? Uh, and what is the cost to you actually supplementing with them? Well, financially, pretty low. And in terms of the, the health risk of, of overdosing on any of these things, very low. Um, fat-soluble vitamins, you look at, uh, after a little bit more closely, but uh, you know, vitamin D, vitamin K, um, you, can, you can do uh, moderate doses of those and not really have to worry about um, overdosing on them. And most mm-hmm. doctors recommend that you, you supplement with those for good reason. So putting that aside, longevity-specific supplements – that's part of the reason why I started Novos. Uh, so I was working, uh, 
I, I, as I mentioned before, I had this passion for longevity. I was looking for um, things that I could personally do to try to extend my, my lifespan and health span. And when I, I started to attend events in the biotech longevity field um, at universities and, and biotech conferences, it was immediately apparent that everything that they were recommending was, uh, or working on, I should say, was like biotech um, five, 10, 20 years out, like DNA modification or inventing new molecules that would need to go through, you know, multiple series of, of, of tests and FDA approval. And so there was nothing that I could take today now give to my loved ones, my friends, my family and the community at large. And so I started to shift my, my focus when I went to these conferences to asking the scientists about natural substances that had research to support them positively impacting the causes of aging or the pathways that can accelerate aging that I mentioned earlier, like mTOR and AMP kinase and so on and so forth. And I was, I was surprised to see how optimistic they were about these compounds. I, I was actually going in expecting they would be like a medical doctor and say, oh, you don't need that stuff. But they were actually very optimistic um, based on the scientific uh, findings. So that was enough for me to, to have the validation point I needed to then work with bringing on these world-renowned scientists and start to formulate uh, my products. So Novos Core is our first product. It's got 12 ingredients. And these are the 12 ingredients that we carefully examined. We examined actually far more than 12, like dozens and dozens of ingredients. And we left most of them out. And these are the ones we decided to keep because they met certain safety thresholds. Uh, they met certain uh, scientific proof thresholds. They were found to um, impact lifespan in multiple different species, which then indicates that they're most likely evolutionarily conserved pathways that they're working on, which is really important. It's critical um, that these are evolutionarily conserved pathways because then that indicates it's most likely going to extend lifespan in humans. Um, they, the ingredients have been found to have positive health outcomes when humans take them. They're ingredients that have either been in human biology or have been within our food and water supply throughout evolution. And so you can find out more about like the logic behind our formulations. You go to novoslabs.com slash evidence, where we also have more than 190 scientific studies to reinforce these ingredients. So getting to what those ingredients are, uh, which is your actual question. So one commonly known longevity ingredient that has a lot of hype around it because Dr. David Sinclair, the researcher at Harvard, has done a lot of studies with it and they, they have a lot of positive optimistic outcomes, is called nicotinamide mononucleotide, or NMN. Uh, we sell that at Novos as, as a product called Novos Boost. Uh, NMN increases the, the cell's levels of NAD+, which is needed for proper DNA repair and to maintain the epigenome. Um, it's also very important for healthy metabolism, energy production, muscle strength, performance in elderly people. Um, and in multiple animals, NMN is uh, shown to slow uh, certain uh, aging processes. So that's an exciting one. Uh, within the Novos Core product, we've got a lot of exciting ingredients, 12, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, one of the uh, – I'll mention a couple of them. So one is uh, fisetin. So fisetin is an ingredient that's shown to extend lifespan in animals. It helps the body to cope with what's known as senescent cells. So senescent cells are like zombie cells. Um, the body produces them, um, it's believed intentionally oftentimes to, for example, arrest cancer cells. So it's the body's way to try to stop a, a cell from, be, uh, from proliferating and turning into um, a tumor. 
the body will identify it. And instead of killing it as the immune system would ideally do, um, it basically just turns into a zombie. Now, when it's a zombie, what I mean by that is it's not uh, a normal functioning cell. It's also not a dead cell that gets removed. It's still there and it secretes inflammatory molecules that can then um, damage nearby cells and then cause them to also become senescent. And cellular senescence is one of the hallmarks of aging. It is a big contributor to aging. It's one of the things that can lead to wrinkling in your skin along with cross-linking. Um, and it's, it's a really critical uh, uh, area to address. A lot of research money is going into creating what's called senolytics or, or drugs to destroy senescent cells. We've done an uh, in vitro human cell study with our full formula, NovoScore, and we found that we're able to um, reduce the size of senescent cells by 40%. And our results were very comparable to the prescription drug rapamycin, which is the gold standard for longevity, uh, longevity drugs. So wow. uh, this study was done at an independent academic lab, uh, Newcastle University in the United Kingdom, by Professor Von Gilenicki, who's a world authority on senescent cells and DNA damage. Um, I can go into other ingredients. I, 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 I yeah, can't see yeah. your facial expressions if you're I, I know, so. I know, and, and it won't let me. It won't let me switch cameras mid episode. Um, so I've just if we've for the people listening, we've just got that old school like multicolored bar thing going on. <laughs> uh, it, this this was the first pod with the new camera, and uh, I failed to set up the auxiliary power. I, I didn't know how long the battery would last, so my bad. Sorry about that. Um, when you say, I'm curious, when you say reduce the size of senescent cells by 40%, the, are, are you talking about the volume of senescent cells? Like if you were to measure all of the senescent cells in the body, it reduces that volume by 40%? Or are you talking about the actual size of a senescent cell? Because as, as cells are considered, you know, senescent and less healthy, they tend to swell. Yes. So they, they tend to swell. Um, they tend to, when they're larger, they, they are more likely to then um, secrete inflammatory uh, molecules that then infect or damage other nearby cells. And um, what, what we found is that Novos core has what's called a senostatic effect on senescent cells, similar to, again, rapamycin. And what this essentially means is that we prevent we put senescent cells in a state of stasis. We prevent them from being able to proliferate and spread. And this is arguably actually better than destroying senescent cells. Um, people might debate this, but um, our perspective is this is better and that of many scientists is it's better. The reason being that senescent cells can actually, believe it or not, serve a positive purpose. Dr. Judith Campisi has spoken about this where uh, she gives the example of um, of scarring. If, if, you, if you're scarring and you destroy the senescent cells during the scarring process, you have much worse scars and you don't heal as quickly and as well. Mm. Um, there are senescent cells being produced for a practical purpose. And um, when you remove them, in some studies, they find that, that the animal can age more quickly when you get rid of all of them. So which mm -hmm. ones do we remove? Which ones do we keep? Science doesn't know yet. So in our estimation, it's better to keep them, but prevent them from proliferating and spreading and causing damage through inflammation. Um, and the second thing is that uh, senolytics oftentimes are damaging nearby cells as well, unintentionally, healthy cells, that is. So yeah. the senolytic is supposed to only target the senescent cell, but there's, there's typically un, unwanted casualties in the process. 
And it, those casualties can, can um, include stem cells. And that's the last thing we want to damage is a stem cell. That's a cause of aging, uh, right. uh, damage to stem cells or a reduction of stem cells. And so we want to make sure that we are first doing no harm, so to speak. Uh, and, and then we're actually exhibiting the benefits, um, in this case of senostasis. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is all fascinating and very helpful. I was, um, just a little story. Like I took rapamycin years ago. I had one of our medical partners get, get me a script and started taking it and did not feel good. My body felt super inflamed and, hmm. uh, and, and I, I tested it like four or five different times. And cause I wanted to take it. I mean, I'd gone through a lot of work to get the prescription and every time I took it, I felt very inflamed and stiff and sore. It, it, it did not feel healthy. So I would, I would discontinue use. And, and I think it does raise some questions where, um, or I guess it just sort of echoes the fact that things that in the scientific literature may be fantastic don't, aren't necessarily a great fit for everyone and that every body is different. And we all have things going on that may, be outside of our conscious awareness that could impact how we respond to a certain substance. Yeah, well, that's 100% true. And uh, rapamycin is an extremely powerful substance. Like for those who don't know, it is uh, an immunomodulator. It's, it's originally the original intended use for it is to um, help during organ transplants. If you get a kidney transplant, for example, to prevent your immune system from rejecting it by mm. down-regulating your immune system. So there's, there's two uh, complexes of mTOR, mTOR complex 1 and mTOR complex 2. The longevity-promoting effects are found in mTOR complex 1. mTOR complex 2 is, is involved in your immune system regulation. And if you turn that off or, or lower the volume on it, you're actually kind of lowering the volume or turning off your immune system. And so uh, there, you know, there are some people that, that believe that rapamycin is perfectly safe. Um, but there are many doctors who disagree and think that that it's not. And to your your personal anecdote, you found you found side effects from it, and that's part of the reason why um, we created Novos in the formulations we have is because we want to use ingredients that are found within the human body or within our uh, our food supply. Uh, and so these things are most likely going to have minimal minimal risk of any sort of side effect. Um, in fact, the, the worst side effect we've ever heard from customers, and it's a very small minority of customers, is a little bit of stomach discomfort. And that's that's possibly actually based on like um, a little bit of sugar alcohol that we put into our powder because it's a drink mix and we want it to taste good. Um, but that's, that's like about 1% of customers feel that. Uh, but otherwise, other side effects, they're, they're extremely, extraordinarily rare, whereas yeah. something like rapamycin or metformin there's there's a much higher side effect profile right right and so you've got i mean metformin kind of the the let's call it supplement or nutraceutical equivalent is like berberine right so people that want to get as close to the benefits of metformin but not necessarily take metformin they could take berberine um you mentioned your your boost product that's the nicotinamide mononucleotide or it's it, it, it like you know nmn essentially boosts your nad levels um what what are some of the other things that are in your core product that you believe are responsible for producing some of the same effects as rapamycin without the downsides so so just to clarify uh, i'm all about honesty and being upfront about, about everything 
we don't have enough tests done to know like how similar we are to rapamycin. Where we are comparable to rapamycin is in the um, the, the area of, of senostasis or senescent cells in this in vitro study that, that was done by this um, this academic professor on our behalf. Uh, but in terms of other impacts on things like mTOR and so on, um, we don't know to what degree we compare with rapamycin. What I can say is that, you know, I've, I've already shared with you what my uh, epigenetic test results were, some of them at least. Um, and uh, there are other people that I know who have written into us to tell us that they've done before Novos and after Novos epigenetic tests, and their results are fantastic. Um, Six-year reduction, 10-year reduction. So there's something, I'm not, I'm not these are anecdotes. Um, I, you know, yeah. everyone is unique, but there, there's something, it seems, that is going on with, with our formulation that can have a really powerful effect on the aging process. And, and what, what time what, frame are they testing? Is this three months, six months, one year? Um, I, I know one of them was definitely six months. The other one, uh, I'm not sure if it was, uh, it was at least six months. It may have been as long as a year, but I, I don't okay. know offhand. Awesome. But one of them was definitely six months. Um, within two, three months, you probably probably wouldn't be long enough to, to notice an impact. But six months, yes. Awesome. Okay. And and some of those other ingredients that you that you've chosen to include in Novos Core? Sure. So I'll quickly list through them and then we can pick a couple if you care. So one is calcium form of alpha ketoglutarate. Uh, another is glycine, uh, glucosamine sulfate form. Terastildine, which is a uh, more ideal alternative to resveratrol, fisetin I mentioned, mm-hmm. microdose of lithium, mm-hmm. um, ginger extract, uh, specifically for the gingerols, malate um, via magnesium malate, hyaluronic acid, um, mainly for a component within the hyaluronic acid called acetylglucosamine. Though the hyaluronic acid is also beneficial for improved skin health, so people Mm -hmm. report when they use Novos, not only for the hyaluronic acid, other ingredients like the AKG and the glycine can do this and the glucosamine, but um, improved skin health, improved complexion. Uh, Theanine, uh, rhodiola, rosea, uh, vitamin C, not for the sake of vitamin C, but for the effect that vitamin C can have when combined with the alpha ketoglutarate. Mm -hmm. Um, And then separate product, as I mentioned, is NMN. Those are all of our ingredients uh, currently. Sweet. Let's let's talk a little bit about the the calcium uh, alpha ketoglutarate. Why that's in there, and and yeah, some of the benefits. Sure, sure. So so alpha ketoglutarate is something that we have within our bodies, um, and it's it's found to help to protect cells against damage and stressors. Uh, it, it helps also to support a health, healthy metabolism uh, and energy production. So. A lot of weightlifters um, historically have taken alpha ketoglutarate for performance benefits. Um, little did they know that it was actually also pr- protecting against damage and uh, um, uh, able to protect cells and, and uh, DNA and so on. It's also something that's um, really good for the epigenome. So we keep talking about the epigenome, but the epigenome is critical because we didn't really go over it. But you've got your genes, and then the epigenome is is the layer above your genes, which is essentially the gene expression, which genes are turned on and which genes are turned off. And that's why about 85% of your lifespan and health span is based on your environment, not based on your genes. Uh, for, for most people, obviously, other than people with, with crazy genetic anomalies. Uh, and so 
your lifestyle, the things you do, your, how well you sleep, your, the food you take in, the mm-hmm. exercise habits, the pollution you inhale, so on and so forth. All of this is having an impact on your epigenetic expression, which genes are turned on, which genes are turned off, and then by the, the resulting biological processes. And ideally, you're going to have an epigenome of someone younger than you are chronologically because you are then um, essentially uh, exhibiting the biology of somebody younger um, and you're better able to protect yourself and so on. Because as you age, certain protective genes that should be turned on start to turn off and certain, um, uh, you know, uh, say pro-growth, um, also protective genes um, uh, uh, that, that should be um, ideally turned on um, are, are going to be turned off as, as you're aging. So uh, that's part of the reason why a healthy epigenome is critically important. Yeah, no, this, and this is a great ingredient profile. I, I mean, the the fisetin ties into what we were discussing earlier with with senescent cells and and some of the importance of clearing that stuff out. Um, Terostalbine, I've seen I've seen terostalbine used a lot for um, free radical scavenging and even like improving cognitive performance. The rhodiola rosea, a lot of evidence around nourishing the adrenals as, as an adaptogen. Um, why, why did you include the lithium out of curiosity? So lithium is a really powerful substance, first and foremost, uh, related to the epigenome. Uh, but it's also important for, for the sake of, of uh, neurological health. So mm-hmm. there are multiple studies that have found that people that have higher quantities of lithium in their food supply and drinking water. For example, well water tends to be high in lithium. Mm -hmm. Uh, The brand of sparkling water, San Pellegrino, has a high level of lithium. Uh, These people have lower rates of suicide, have lower rates of Alzheimer's, have lower rates of dementia, and it's Mm -hmm. been replicated across multiple populations in different corners of the world from Japan to Latin America to the United States. Um, and then, uh, studies have been run on animals to also replicate the effects. So there's enough evidence to, to indicate a very, very high likelihood that it is the lithium that is having this positive effect on the brain. And it makes sense. I mean, lithium is a mood stabilizer when given in prescription form at much, much higher doses, a hundred times higher or more. Um, so the microdose lithium can have a really positive effect on, on, um, the epigenome and, and especially neurological, uh, cases of, uh, of aging. Yeah, definitely. And then you've got, you've got the ginger, as you mentioned, the hyaluronic acid and glucosamine, which I'm used to seeing the hyaluronic acid and glucosamine in, in joint formulas or, or hyaluronic acid in like skin health formulas. But, but, um, you had mentioned some of the reasons that you included the hyaluronic acid from a longevity standpoint. Um, so for people that want to, to, to pick up the Novos core product or the Novos boost product is, is novoslabs.com the best place for them to do that? Yes. Novoslabs.com is where we've got Novos core, Novos boost. Uh, we'll also have more information about, uh, age tests. We mm-hmm. have a longevity quiz on the website. It's it's completely free. Yeah, where I saw that. It's created by my co-founder, who's a medical doctor, longevity expert, and um, it's scientifically uh, based uh, assessment of, of how well you're doing on, on your longevity uh, promoting lifestyle. You get a score and recommendations from it. 
Uh, and uh, we also have a tremendous amount of content. So if you go to our blog, novoslabs.com slash blog, or you, you find it through our navigation, we have more than 100 scientifically referenced articles. We have an ebook you can download for free. Uh, something I didn't mention before is we're a public benefit corporation. And one of the multiple things we do as a public benefit corporation is try to provide as much free information as possible for people to take their health spans and lifespans into their own hands, regardless of whether they decide to purchase a Novos product. Uh, there is a lot of things you can do from fasting and eating healthy and lifestyle tweaks and so on that won't cost you a cent. In fact, you'll save money if you're eating less, right? Uh, and uh, you can get a long way with that. And then Novos is really for people that just are maximalists. You want to take it to the next level. You want to do the best job you can to, to really uh, look after your health span and lifespan. Yeah. So guys, if, if you've gotten value from this episode, if you've enjoyed this conversation with Chris, go to novoslabs.com, uh, show support by picking up his, his boost product, his core product. And, um, and if you really want to go deep with it, measure your biological age before and then at the six or, or, or 12 month mark and, uh, and kind of track the progress. Chris, last thing I was thinking, and then we'll kind of also mention, you know, your, your personal blog and, and again, um, and just kind of land this plane, but rapid fire in terms of anti-aging compounds, um, I'm, I'll mention some, and, and if there's any that like you also want to include in here you, that I don't mention, please, you know, we'll have you include them, but let's go with either a, like, yes, I'm taking it. Uh, no, I'm not. Or I'm, I'm not taking it, but I want to at some point. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Matt Foreman. Uh, yes, I have recently uh, begun experimenting with it. Sorry, you said rapid fire. I have recently begun experimenting with it, but not when I did my, my testing. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, resveratrol. No, because Novos contains pterostilbene, which is a better equivalent to resveratrol. Gotcha. Nice. I like this. Uh, DHEA. DHEA, I tried a couple of times um, just to experiment with, but no, I don't take it. Okay. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one, but growth hormone. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you doing any peptides like Epitalon, Motsi, C-Max, C-Link, any of those? No, uh, I'm not doing any peptides. Um, I Well, I, I have a uh, skin peptide, uh, GHKCU, uh, copper, I, right? That was the uh, other one. I didn't mention it cause I figured no one knew what it was, but I'm, <laughs> but I had a list and that was the only one I didn't say out loud. The only That's one. hilarious. All right. Well, yeah, I, I used the topical one and I have also tried, uh, I can't recall off the top of my, my head, but the, the gut, uh, peptide that can help with recovery. BPC 157. Uh, yes. BPC 157. I have tried um, orally with the, with the thought that I may have had like a permeable gut layer. So I wanted to see if that would help to resolve that issue. Did it help? Uh, yeah, it did actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard some pretty cool stories about that. What, what product do you use for the GHKCU topically? Uh, there is a brand called the ordinary, um, it's act, the, the company is called Decium. They have a product line called the ordinary and another product line called Niod. The Ordinary is the less expensive, more affordable brand, and Nyad is the premium brand. Um, I have um, two products from them. From Nyad, they have a copper peptide that's 2% concentration, 
And then uh, from the ordinary, they have something called buffet plus copper peptides. That's a 1% formulation. I, I use that. And it has multiple peptides, actually. It should be clear. They have uh, other other skin-focused um, peptides um, in that cocktail. Have you, you've, you've great skin. Have you noticed a difference from taking it? From, from using that, yeah, it probably improved my skin somewhat. And thank you, by the way. Uh, I, I, I honestly have to say that I think Novos has gone a long way for me um, and for family members, uh, customers of ours. Uh, it like over time, it, it really, it, it's not going to get rid of like deep set wrinkles or anything, but like in terms of just adding a little bit of um, firmness and, and like the very thin lines, like I, like the nasolabial folds, folds and so on. To reduce mm-hmm. those, it, it definitely does do that. We did a very small trial with uh, four test subjects when we first got started, and we used a scientific device uh, called an indentometer, and it measures skin firmness. And after people use Novos for six months, it improved a minimum of 12% um, increased firmness, an average of 22%, and up to 40% improved firmness after six months. So there's something something happening with that. What, what was that after six months? Um, using Novos, Novos core. Oh, so 12% at a minimum for skin firmness um, and elasticity, 22% on average and 40% max. And that was on two cheeks for each subject. These people were in their sixties. And so that's eight, eight sets of data. Um, and we took the average of, I think about a dozen tests for each, each, uh, each cheek. Fascinating. That's great. Okay. So it's, it's your Novos, not the, uh, not the skin skin serum i'm sure they're uh, both contributing but yeah. <laughs> yeah all right last few coq10 coq10 no um, and in fact we have a blog article about um, why uh, we didn't include coq10 in novos and, and so if you just search coq10 uh, you'll find that article cool uh curcumin curcumin i've experimented with a number of times i've gotten like all of these high absorption forms of them um I haven't felt good taking it for one reason or another. So no, I, I don't take it. We also yeah. don't know like how, how when, when you're absorbing the super physiological levels that you get from these formulations, we don't know necessarily if that's good for you in the long term, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, most of the research is done on people who, who intake it through like their diet, like Indian people uh, who use a lot of, a lot of um, the, the turmeric. But what happens when you have extremely high levels of it? We for a long pro- prolonged period of time, we don't know. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not taking it. Yeah, curcumin. I found it knocks down. If if I'm experiencing any inflammation, it knocks that down. But it also knocks down my libido, which is like not mm. a good a good trade that I'm interested in making. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Aspirin. I, I have uh, experimented with baby strength aspirin, um, but I'm not taking it currently. No, we, we, it, within Novos, things like terastilbene and others can have an anti-inflammatory, uh, potentially anti-inflammatory effects. Um, I'm not sure if I can exactly say that for FDA reasons, but more, um, it can, it can impact, uh, the inflammatory process and make sure you're in a, in a more ideal state. And, um, uh, so I, I no longer take it. Cool. Last two, uh, L-citrulline. L-citrulline. It's funny. A lot. Of, I've experimented with a lot of these. Um, I did experiment with L-citrulline, um, oftentimes at bedtime, uh, to see how it could impact my my sleep, but also the nitric oxide production during exercise. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I'm no longer taking it. Last one, EGCG, like from green tea. 
Uh, I don't supplement with it, but I, I do get it in my diet um, a couple of times a week through matcha green tea. Fantastic. And then to bring it all home, um, so we've got novoslabs.com where you guys can pick up the core product and the boost product and stay up to date on everything else that's coming out there. We've got some some cool articles that Chris referenced on the blog. And then you've also got slowmyage.com. Do you have any blog posts there that talk about like what you're doing in real time and the different experiments that you're running or anything like that? I, I will. So slowmyage.com, I just launched last week. Um, and so I, I put a, a few seed articles in there. I think I have four or five. The first is my longevity journey, like how I got to where I am. Uh, mm-hmm. My second post is my biological age outputs according to the epigenetic clocks and the telomere clock. The mm-hmm. third post is other um, longevity biomarkers, things that you can do more at home, like pulse wave velocity and your uh, VO2 max and so on. Um, and so my outputs for those. Um, and so I will be publishing posts like you're talking about, but I just need more time. I'll, I'll do something on supplements. I'll do something on diet, lifestyle, sleep, um, so on and so forth. I, I just haven't gotten around to that yet. Fantastic. And then the last question to kind of bring it all home, um, any compounds that you are taking and or very excited about right now that we haven't mentioned in this discussion as it pertains to longevity? Hmm. You got the um, TA-65, selegiline, <laughs> uh, spermidine. I'm just throwing out some ideas or, or, or anything else that, that, you know, is in your secret stash that, that you haven't talked about, but you, but you take so, it. Uh, so, so it, it's a novel compound. I, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not like a proponent for it. Uh, but in terms of just novelty, you mentioned selegiline, uh, also known as depranil. It's interesting for for dopamine, uh, for the sake of dopamine um, and motivation and so on. Uh, you have to be very careful with it because of um, side effects. It's an MAO inhibitor. Um, so so it's one of the more risky um, prescriptions if, if you don't treat it with care um, and, and are, aren't very careful with it. So, of course, doctor supervision and and with that said, everything on, on this com- in this conversation is for you to research with your doctor's care, right? Like none of this is recommend is, is uh, right. advice that I'm Information giving. Information um, and entertainment purposes only. Exactly, um, and so selegiline definitely falls under that camp. I am experimenting with some other things, but uh, unfortunately, I can't share them because it's R and D on on the Novo side of things, and um, it, it would be for future products that will potentially launch. Uh, sometime roger that well if and when that happens let me know we'll have another conversation and uh let let you kind of pull back the curtain but chris this has been a a super fun conversation thank you so much apologize about the camera going out i'll have to get that tweaked for for the next one but um yeah guys go to novoslabs.com pick up the products follow chris at slowmyage.com and thank you chris for coming on and thank you so much guys for listening Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's no secret that a ton of Hollywood celebrities from Sylvester Stallone to Suzanne Somers and athletes 
pay thousands of dollars a month for these anti-aging HGH injections. But not only are human growth hormone injections prohibitively expensive, they can also screw up your body's natural HGH production and may lead to more serious health problems down the line. This is where BioPro comes in. BioPro is the faster, safer, easier, non-synthetic alternative to HGH therapy. These guys have developed cutting-edge technology that delivers the benefits of HGH without the downsides of synthetic injections. This stuff helps with your metabolism, insulin sensitivity, libido. It helps with muscle development, fat loss, athletic performance, recovery, VO2 max, power, speed. It's fucking magic. It helps with almost everything. What I love about this stuff, I look and feel younger on it. So go to bioproteintech.com and use coupon code biohacks and it will save you $30 off your first month's supply. That's B-I-O-P-R-O-T-E-I-N-T-E-C-H.com and enter discount code biohacks to save. 